Hello and welcome to an emergency Blair and Barker podcast. Jeff Blair and I spent a lot of time at the end of the season, towards the end of the season, so did Kevin Barker. We spent a lot of time talking about Jose Barrios and how we thought that despite all the fuss surrounding Marcus Semyon and all the fuss surrounding Robbie Ray as free agents, we thought that signing Jose Barrios to a contract extension could very well turn out to be the most important piece of business for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Now, I've been saying that for a while, but folks, I'm going to put my hand up here. I never thought, I never thought I'd be talking about an extension for Jose Barrios this early in the offseason, especially with CBA talks going on, especially with the possibility still out there that there may be some sort of offseason transaction freeze after the current CBA expires. But here we are. And I know you're all about free agents at this time of year. I am too. Following all those signings, all about trades, right? Hearing all those rumors about the Jays being involved with the Marlins for Pablo Lopez and Luis Castillo. But I have to tell you something. I have to reinforce something I've been saying all along. I have to reinforce something Kevin Barker and myself have been saying all along. Getting Jose Barrios locked up and having him avoid free agency after next season, this was, hear me out, this was the top priority for Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins this offseason. And now it's done. The story was first reported by Hector Jose Torres Tanato of La Garata in Puerto Rico. He was the one who first reported that Jose Barrios had agreed to a seven-year extension with the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the details, as is often the case, have, have, have kind of developed. They've kind of morphed a bit. This much we know. It's a seven-year deal that, according to John Heyman, includes an opt-out after five years. And the opt-out is not that big a deal. It's Opt-outs are a thing in baseball right now. I know in Toronto that anytime we hear opt-out, we go, oh, my God, it's A.J. Burnett over again and all over again, and yet forget about it. The five-year opt-out, or the opt-out is a thing. It's just, it's the way business is being done right now, especially when you're a player of the age that Jose Brios is. So, Shai Davidi pegs the value at $131 million, which includes $11 million in 2022 for Jose Brios, and that was going to be his final year of arbitration. After that, he was going to be a free agent. John Heyman also reports there are escalators in the deal. Escalators kind of a... Kind of a fancy word for bonuses, I guess. There are escalators in the deal that could increase the value by $10 million. John Heyman also reporting it includes an eight-team no-trade clause. Again, all of these things, all of these things are the norm for a lot of these contracts. So let's step back a bit. The Blue Jays have just locked up a pitcher who will turn 28 in May. I know it seems like he's been around forever, but frankly, well, on opening day, he'll still be 27. This guy has never had an injury. Think about that. He's never had an injury. That's me knocking on wood, and if you're around anything that resembles wood, please 
take a moment right now to do the same thing. As a matter of fact, why don't we all do it together? There you go. We're all knocking on wood. Jose Brios hasn't been hurt. He's averaged 34 starts over six years. He's averaged a 2.6 war over that time. And in today's market, you know, if we attach a value of roughly 8 million, 8.5 million per war, you're looking at a guy who is what, a $19 million a year pitcher, a $20 million a year pitcher? I think you get where I'm going with this. This deal will, barring catastrophic injury, probably be below market value for its entirety. And I don't know about you, but as we await a decision from Robbie Ray, as we await the potential development on the trade front, the idea that at worst, Jose Barrios will be the Jays' number one starter going forward for five years. That is the worst case scenario. They don't sign anybody. They don't trade for anybody. Alec Manoa is back. Even with Nate Pearson moves into the starting rotation. I mean, if, if the Jays don't do anything else, and I will tell you right now, I will be shocked beyond belief if the Jays don't make another major pitching acquisition. If they don't do anything else, at the worst, at the worst, Jose Barrios is going to be your number one starter going forward for five years. It's like having Roy Halladay as your starter all over again. And you know what? I look around the AL East, and I look at the Rays, look at the Yankees, I look at the Red Sox, Forget Baltimore for the time being. I look at the starting rotations for those teams. I look at what the Blue Jays have, and I go, "Bah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable with this right now. I'm pretty comfortable with where this team is." Now, Kevin Barker, you're wondering. That's great, Blair. Thank you. That's that's wonderful. Where the hell's Barker? Well, I'm asking the same thing. This much I know. All right, this much I know. Kevin Barker's currently in the wilds of Colorado. Don't know what he's doing. He's got some family time. We've given him a pass today, but it's all good. It's all good. He will be with me for our next scheduled podcast on November 29th. And if something happens in the next couple of days, because as I said, we didn't see this coming, then we'll put together another emergency podcast but for now we wanted to get this out there because i know i'm on the same page i know barker's on the same page with me this is a hugely 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 significant deal for this organization george springer's contract the one he signed last year 150 million over six years that's still the richest contract in blue jays history but barrios's extension matches vernon wells $126 million seven-year deal for length. So let's think about this for a minute. Both Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins said that one of the reasons they were willing to part with Austin Martin at the trade deadline, and that was in the deal that brought Jose Barrios to the Jays from the Minnesota Twins, 
one of the reasons they were willing to part with one of their top prospects was that they liked their chances of signing Jose Barrios to an extension more than their chances of bringing a big-name free agent into Toronto. There's been a kind of a subtle shift in dialogue about this as well. And I think we need to talk about it as well. Not because pitchers were afraid of coming to Toronto and going through customs and having to show their passport or get a Nexus card and live in a foreign country and not that. The bad old days we used to talk about that. It still may be a bit of a factor for some people. Those are the bad old days. No, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins said, it's tough to get free agent pitchers to come to Toronto because we're in the AL East and we are in a ballpark that doesn't always favor the pitcher. So, think about what this says about how far we've come in Toronto as a baseball team. So Mark Shapar and Ross Atkins said, if we get Jose Barrios in here, we have enough confidence in our players, our manager and coaching staff, our front office, our fans, our ownership, all of the support staff. We have enough confidence that when we get Jose Brios in here, he's going to like this place so much he's going to say, I'd rather stay here. I, I, don't, I don't need to go anywhere as a free agent after 2022. I'm happy here. Great young team. Great core. This is not going anywhere. You know, even if the CBA ends up completely changing the landscape for arbitration and free agency in the next couple of years, it doesn't matter. The Jays are going to have Bo Bichette and Vladdy Jr. for a while. Let's just put it that way. Uh, let's put it another way. Now that Jose Brios is here, he will have those two dudes as his teammates through at least, I would say, at least the five years of that deal. And I don't even want to worry about signing Guerrero or Bichette because you know what? We've seen, I think, that this ownership is committed to keeping its core together. It's committed to adding to that core. It's committed to winning now. You saw that with George Springer. You're seeing it with Jose Barrios. And I mean, if you really want to look ahead, if you really want to look ahead, what better way to get everybody on board with the idea of building a new stadium or sinking $750 million into a refurbished Rogers Center than having a young, exciting team? What better way to gin up public enthusiasm, if not necessarily financial support, but public enthusiasm for it than to have this good young team? So there are a lot of things involved in the signing of Jose Barrios that don't specifically relate right now to the on-field stuff but I want to talk about the on-field stuff. Because as I mentioned, 
Jose Barrios doesn't break down. He's a terrific fielder. He's a terrific athlete, and that suggests, you know, I've spoken to to, to people with the Jays and also, frankly, people with the Twins, but how does this guy stay healthy? And one of the things they point out is, well, start with the fact that he's a really good athlete. I mean, body type, physiologically, all that. So he's just a good athlete. He has got a great athletic body that allows him to maintain strength, to maintain velocity. It just allows him to hold up through the rigors of a 162-game season. And look, there is no guarantee that a player or a pitcher is going to stay healthy for the entirety of his of their career. I mean, there just isn't. But if you look at this in terms of a risk, you would be hard-pressed to find another starting pitcher in baseball that would be less of a risk of getting hurt than Jose Barrios. You just would. The history suggests that. So you're paying for stability. And in adding Jose Barrios to what you already have, as I said, you've guaranteed yourself a rotation of Barrios, Manoa. Maybe you re-sign Robbie Ray, and I do think the Jays are going to will, will take a run at Robbie Ray. I have I, I just uh, whether or not he signs here, I I don't think it's it's not necessarily going to be because because the Jays were outbid necessarily. I think it's just going to come down to. Where does Robbie Ray want to go? As I said, I fully expect the Jays to add another starting pitcher. So let's let's say Robbie Ray goes someplace else. And now you're looking at Brios, Manoa, maybe Nate Pearson, pitcher you've traded for, and then Hyunjin Ryu. Hyunjin Ryu basically becomes your fourth or fifth starter. That, I think, is what the Jays want to do this offseason. They're not going to come out and say that, hey, we would like to have a strong enough rotation that we don't have to count on Hyunjin Ryu to be our opening day starter, but that that's, that's what they're saying. So, to kind of recap where we are, The Jays have signed a durable pitcher who will be 28 in May. Got great stuff. Clearly likes the city, his team, the organization, his teammates. Otherwise, he wouldn't have signed this contract because there's a really good chance that he would have been one of the top available free agent pitchers next year. And by the way, I know our Shai Davidi of Sportsnet talked to Derek Falvey, uh, Minnesota Twins president, about Jose Barrios 
We talked to him at the general manager's meetings recently, and, and this is before, of course, the deal came out. And Falvey said, look, one of the reasons, and Derek said the same thing. He was, he was, he was on with Barker and myself. He said, one of, one of the reasons we traded Jose Barrios is we, you know, we did our due diligence, and we just didn't think there was a way that this guy was not going to go the free agent route. That's one of the reasons we decided to trade now. We could have waited until the trade deadline in 2022, but we were getting more from Toronto to make this move. So we decided to make it now. We thought he was going away as a free agent anyhow. So that is where the Toronto Blue Jays find themselves right now after signing Jose Barrios. And a couple of things. Mark Shapiro said in his postseason media availability that he didn't necessarily think it was out of the question that at some point ownership might be in a position where it needs to entertain the possibility of spending above the luxury tax to compete. And I think what Mark was talking about, I don't think Mark was talking about this year. I think what Mark was talking about is, look, look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr., look at Bo Bichette, look how much money they're going to make in a couple of years. And give me any bargain there. You're not going to see Vladdy or Bo sign a Ronald Acuna or an Ozzie Albies deal, frankly, because both of them come from families that are pretty well off. Bo Bichette's dad, Dante, played Major League Baseball. Of course, you know about Vladdy Sr., they're not holding the tag day for these guys. So they're not going to jump at any multi-year contract the Jays offer. They're going to want both of them to come as close as they possibly can to Fernando Tatis Jr. money. I, I'd do the same thing if I was in their boat. So I think that's what Mark was talking about essentially down the road is when you when you talk about the luxury tax. The possibility that the Jays would have to entertain paying the luxury tax in order to keep their core together together. But a couple of things, you know, everything we're hearing about CBA talks suggests that one of the things owners want is they want the luxury tax lowered, lowered to around 175 to 180 million. And I don't want to get bogged down on the weeds about the weeds about this, but if the luxury tax is lowered, if Vladdy, and Bo continue their trajectory. You see what I'm getting at here. There could be this meeting. There, the the. It may take less to get to that luxury tax threshold than it currently takes, and it may come sooner. It may come sooner. I think if you're the Blue Jays, you have to think. You have to think at least at some point there has to be this theoretical understanding that there's a possibility that when the new CBA comes into effect, you may have lost a year control of Vladdy or Bo. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but I'm going to say that. Uh, the early indications are that we could be going in that direction. Anyhow, again, I don't want to get in the weeds, but what I want to say about this is this suggests to me the fact that Barrios assigned a seven-year contract, and even if there's an opt-out after five, this really suggests to me that ownership is laser-focused 
on getting this thing over the finish line this year. And I think when you heard Mark talk in this postseason media availability about wanting to or thinking that the Jays needed to find a way to win one or more extra games this year, right? He, he was thinking. He's thinking about wins above replacement, and not, but he's also just thinking about wins. I get to 96, 97, whatever, someplace in that range. Well, let's look at where the Jays are right now. Um, a healthy George Springer ought to bring more wins. A more established bullpen or a less, a more solid bullpen ought to bring more wins. And I think we can all look at the Blue Jays' bullpen right now and say that a Romano Meza, uh, Richards, Simber, eh, I've forgotten something. But if you look at that bullpen, and then maybe, maybe you want to throw in Nate Pearson, possibly into that mix. The Jays' bullpen is right now better than it was at the start of last season. And now you also have Jose Barrios around. So... You probably aren't going to be experimenting with the Anthony Kays, with the Ross Striplings. Oh, maybe Stripling is someplace down in the rotation, but you get my point. You could start the year, start next season, with a better rotation than the rotation you started this season with. Even if Robbie Ray doesn't come back, if you've got Barrios, you've got Manoa being what Manoa is, and then if you go out and add another starting pitcher, I mean, I would argue that that's, that's better than the rotation you had at the start of last year. And then you also factor in the Jays aren't going to be pitching in Dunedin. And we know that had a negative effect, not just mentally, but also physically and in terms of results on their starting pitchers. I mean, we, we, we just know that. So if you look at the meaning of Jose Barrios, both on the field and off the field. I think you will see, or I think you will agree with me, and as I said, I know I'm talking for Kevin here. In a lot of ways, this was the most important piece of business the Jays could have done this year. There will be other moves. I'm Fully convinced. There will be another position player in here. We've all we've talked about the names. The Jose Ramirez is yada yada. The Jays will have a different look to their lineup. Even if Marcus and, and if Marcus Simeon doesn't come back, obviously it's going to be a more pronounced different look. The Jays are going to have a different lineup this year. Um, I know Ross Atkins pointed out a couple of weeks ago that if you look at the Jays' lineup, the Jays had the fewest, or the Jays enjoyed the platoon advantage against right-handed pitching 
fewer than just about any fewer times than just about any other team in baseball. They may have been 29th, they may have been 30th, but the point is the lineup needs a little more balance. And and that's not just necessarily adding a switch hitter or a left-handed hitter, although clearly that's the way you start, but it's also adding a different type of hitter. We know this. The Jays want a lineup that you know, maybe has a little more on-base percentage and et cetera, et cetera. The Jays are going to live and die with home runs, but that's you know, that that's that's kind of where we're where we're at with the lineup. So there's there's work that still needs to be done here. But if you look at the things that Ross and Mark have said about what they want to do with this team and how they want to get to squeeze out an extra one or two wins. I would suggest that getting Jose Barrios locked up not it addresses that situation, not just this year, but, but going forward. And then it's been kind of an odd off-season so far, right? We we talked about CBA negotiations and would anything get done before the contract expires uh, December, December 1st or 2nd, whenever it is. And so far we've seen Eduardo Rodriguez sign with the Detroit Tigers, taking a little less money, I think, than a lot of people thought he would take. We saw Noah Syndergaard sign a one-year contract with the Los Angeles Angels for around $21 million. Essentially, it's a pillow deal. right? It's a pillow deal. It's Noah Syndergaard saying, look, I've been hurt a lot. I want to go someplace where I can reestablish my value and go back on the market again. And then, of course, we have Jose Barrios signing this, this, this extension. And, and people's immediate reaction to it is, okay, what does this say about the state of CBA talks? Because everything this offseason has to be viewed through that lens. What does this say about the idea that once the contractual deadline passes, ownership is going to put a, a, a signing freeze in place. There will be no moves until a new deal is reached, and that new deal may end up at some point being reached in um, that you know it, before the start of spring training. So a lot of people are going to be looking at these things and say, trying to read the tea leaves. I don't know if you can necessarily do that in the case of Noah Syndergaard, for example. I think Noah Syndergaard got what he was going to get regardless of what the CBA looks like. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, the same thing. Going to Detroit, getting Turb, and I think Jose Barrios as well. Jose Barrios looking at, at the landscape and deciding that getting roughly what is it 18 or 20 million a year gets 11 million next year but after that and being able to go back into the free agent market conceivably at the age of 33 he's looking at that and he's going that deal makes sense for me regardless of how the new cba looks so i guess what i'm saying is i don't read a lot into these signings i don't look at this and go does this suggest we're less likely to have a lockout than we were a week ago i i I think this stuff is operating independently of it. I think this stuff is operating independently of it. I think what this shows you is that there are a group of players out there, 
or there are a group of transactions out there that teams are still going to make, regardless of what happens with the CBA. There are things that make sense for players or teams right now are going to make sense for them in February, regardless of how the landscape looks. So absent one of the big names going off the board as a free agent, um, I would just caution against trying to read anything into these anything into these particular moves. Just as I would caution against getting really bent out of shape if there is a lockout. Because you're going to have three months before the season starts, four months before the season starts, however long it is. Um, so I think that there will still be a degree of optimism even if that happens. But we can we can talk about that some other time. For now, I really don't want to harp a lot on the CBA. I just want to look at the fact that the Jays have really set themselves up in terms of pitching for the long haul. They are in the process of putting together a pitching core to match their position player core. And they're doing so through internal development, but they've also done so by adding Jose Barrios in a trade. I don't know if the pitching core will ever be at the same level that Vladdy and Bo are at, throw in Teoscar Hernandez. I don't know if it'll ever be at the same level as that that core of position players are. But it's really good right now, and it's really stable. And you know what? One thing I know from covering baseball a long time and doing a lot of labor talks and all that that stuff, stability is something you can hang your hat on. Stuff always changes, but if you've got a stable environment, stable people making stable decisions, you are going to be able to have success regardless of what the landscape looks like. That, to me, is what the meaning of Jose Barrios is. It's a commitment by ownership to do the right thing. It's a commitment by the front office to do the right thing by its players. But it's also a reflection of where the Toronto Blue Jays are and where Jose Barrios thinks they're going. Where a pitcher who would have been one of the most sought-after pitchers on the free agent market next year, at the age of 28, averaging 34 starts a year, pitching in the American League East. Just think about how much money Jose Barrios could have gotten in the free agent market if he just kept on being Jose Barrios. He's decided that, you know what? All things considered, I'd rather be with the Toronto Blue Jays. So that's my last thought for today. Thanks for listening again. Around November 29th, 28th, 29th, the Blair and Barker podcast will drop. The first Blair and Barker podcast of the offseason. That's the way it's scheduled right now. Maybe we'll do another emergency pie. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow morning we wake up and Robbie Ray signed with the Blue Jays. Who knows? But for now, at least, thanks very much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.